I'm Dean Newland, and welcome to the Business of Intuition, where I coach, facilitate, train, and speak on the hard science and meaningful experience of intuitive leadership in business, so you can make better decisions, forge real connections, and creatively solve problems to amplify your impact and simplify your life. Welcome to the Business of Intuition. You've heard it before. I'll believe it when I see it. The mindset behind this phrase shows up in how we approach decision-making at work and in our personal lives. It's a phrase that also means if something can't be seen or proven, it isn't real and shouldn't be acknowledged. Yet we know through neuroscience that the analytical side of our brain, the command center for most of our decisions, only perceives a small portion of available information. Many of us don't believe in our intuition as a credible tool to access knowledge because we just can't see it. My next guest on the business of intuition is working to translate the intuition we feel into decisions we can trust. Shoshana French has developed an assessment called the intuitive blueprint. It shows there are three ways our intuition gathers information and four ways it translates that information in a way that we can trust and use. Shoshana is an intuitive expert, a coach, and a business consultant. Her clients range from NFL coaches, corporate executives, social justice activists, small business owners, and many, many leadership teams. She's been featured in the Denver Post, the Boston Globe, the Miami Herald, and the LA Daily News. And my wife, Joanne, actually connected with Shoshana during a long chat prior to this interview. And so Joanne joins us for this interview. Shoshana French on the business of intuition. I can definitely see how a coach, ourselves included, would use intuition to help clients out. And in our business, we work with a lot of very technical data-based organizations, scientists and researchers and, and people in healthcare and so forth. And even their mantra is around making uh, data-based decisions. You could even see this on you know, their list of guiding principles. In your experience, how have you been able to help them adopt a new form of decision-making when they're so used to using data as their go-to way to make decisions? So I think it's useful for your listeners to say two things. One is I don't believe in the divorce between intellect and intuition. I don't feel like one, it, I don't feel like they're divided. Do you know what I mean? I don't feel like they're coming from two different places to me, it's you should use everything you have. So if your data comes from, you know, a place of intellect, a gathering of information, you use your intuition to let you know what of the data is actually useful. So it's it, we're, we're not we're not getting rid of data. We're just determining what of all the data that you have is most useful. I mean, in this particular instance, I can think of an example of a client I had. They were getting ready to launch this big brand new program. And their own coach, because I'm, I wasn't coaching her. I was working with her on developing her intuition. I was her, she called me her intuition coach, right? And so she was getting ready to develop this big program. And she was getting tons of feedback from her board of directors and from, you know, cons- like people who provide money to her organization, what she should do. And she had tons of data. This is where, you know, this is the right day to do it. This is the right format in which to launch this program. She was just getting so much information. And 
all the information was coming from experts. So it wasn't like the information wasn't useful. It was just too much information. How do you determine what of the information was what she actually needed to know? Well, the person who knows her vision of the future is herself. So I had her focus in on the vision of the future. What is the, like, if you fulfilled why you started this organization in the first place, what would it look like? What would it feel like? This will probably sound familiar to you guys, right? This sounds like visualization techniques you use with people inside of mindset. So I had her get in touch with that. And then I had her look at all the data. And there was one piece of like, for her, the piece that felt most relevant was the way she was going to launch it, not the win the win, like not the win, but the how. So, you know, she could have launched it to her list to, you know, on media, social media, on regular media. She was like, none of those things. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to go on a Facebook live and I'm going to launch the program that way. And her coach was like, don't do it. Like everybody was like, don't do it. And she could just see in her mind's eye that like, that was the way to do it. She launched it as the largest launch she ever did. It was like six figure launch. And For me, I was really proud of her because prior to that, the thing her and I were working on was she's the kind of person who has a lot of really smart people around her, like the people you guys probably work with, lots of smart people around them. However, not everybody agrees on the same way to do things. So how do you, the question you just asked me, Dean, was, you know, how do you get people into the habit of using intuition to make a decision? Well, just if they're a data-driven person, they have to use their intuition use their intuition to recognize that intuition is a piece of the data. It's not separate Mm -hmm. from the data. It's part of the data. So your intuition is like guiding you towards what piece of this information is most useful. Because some stuff is just actually not useful whatsoever. It's just noise. So you have to hone in on what is valuable, important, and what's noise and let the rest go. It takes practice. I won't lie. It does take practice. Like if people even call me and go, ugh, I should have listened. I should have done that practice before I walked into that stupid meeting. I felt really pressured to sign that contract with the new person. And I just, I could tell it wasn't right. But like everybody else on the team was like, uh, you don't bring someone to like their offering meeting and don't sign the offer. What are you doing? And she was like, it wasn't right, but I wasn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't tell people it just doesn't feel right. So it's some of its translation, but it does take practice because you know, you're going to find a lot of not agreement for it. (laughs) Well, and it's learning to trust something that you can't see, touch, feel, and has been quantified, which is, for the most part, I think in business these days, a really scary thing, isn't it? So it is. So it's about then trusting themselves, learning to trust themselves. Yeah. Do you have a, do you have a process or some tips that you can give people to begin that process? Because it's a, just stepping on the path itself is pretty scary because in this day and age, as, as much as intuition has become almost ubiquitous in a language, in practice, it's not as common. Mm-mm. It's not. So one of the things that I think gets confused about intuition is uh, what it is exactly. Like, what is intuition exactly? Where is it coming from? And then what is intuition versus a random thought, an upset stomach, or my self-talking <laughs> to myself, you know, like what, what are all like, what is that? I can't tell. So the first thing that I always do with people is have them take the intuitive blueprint test. It's the test on my website. You just take the test. And at the end, it gives you kind of like a, what are the scores of the two sides of your intuition? So on one side, there's the, how you're oriented, right? 
Some people are oriented mentally. Some people are oriented emotionally. Some people are oriented physically. We're all kind of oriented different. And then on the other side of intuition is how your body translates. Once you know that, that is the starting point. That's the starting point for learning to apply your intuition practically. But you have to start there because otherwise you can't tell the difference between really. I, I like to say that, you know, when we're like when we're little small children, all children are intuitive. Like we're, we know when we're hungry, we know when we're frustrated, we know when something feels good or when something doesn't feel good. And eventually, right, the noise of, uh, you could call it familial, societal, cultural, religious, all the kind of like trainings we get to fit in sort of changes our ability to trust what our innate sense of what feels good to us. And then we're no longer naturally intuitive. So I feel like the work I do with people is to get them to first acknowledge what the intuition is like what does it actually look like to you what how does your get like your tool work and then two what are the things that are in the way of trusting your intuition and yourself obviously and then three how do you apply it in real time because you know most people when you talk about intuition they think of things like tarot cards or crystal ball and it's not <laughs> like you're going to bring yeah. your it's not like you're going to bring your crystal ball to your you know your board of directors meeting hold on let me consult. <laughs> Let me consult my crystal ball. That doesn't. That don't fly. That don't fly. <laughs> I don't think that would add to their credibility in any case. And by the way, the tool that no, created, the tool that you created is excellent. It's excellent. It's probably the best that I've seen. It's simple, and it well, it's simple to take. I it is not at all simple in the result that it gives you. And the understanding that you gain, but I think it's brilliant. And and it's on your website, correct? Thank you. Yeah, it's on my website, simplespirit.com. I mean, when I originally was teaching people about intuition, I was kind of going about it the really slow way that I got taught, which is the really old kind of like, let me teach you this deeply mysterious thing. And for me, it's not, I'm trying to demystify something that people relate to as mystical. It's not, it's actually the way that our brains are designed. So the more people who trust that innate sense, whether it's you are somebody who knows things, feels things, see things, you know, uh, hears things, the more you can trust that innate communication, the easier it is to apply it intentionally. Because most people, it kind of like, I, I can't remember if I talked about this with you guys when we met for the first time, but we were talking about how when people get like an initial idea, right? Some people call it a download or a transmission. I've heard pretty woo-woo CEOs say that. And it seems like, I could be wrong, but it seems like there's a lot of flexibility with CEOs to be kind of woo. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, you know, they're a little weird. They're kind of like, you know, geniuses. Mm -hmm. They got crazy ideas, right? And then we're going to hand that crazy idea to the team that will bring it to the real world. So when I, I work with CEOs- I don't know what we're talking about no, here. No, oh, don't, don't understand <laughs> don't a word. what you're talking about. Not a word you're saying. The, yeah, all no. of all of our staff is listening <laughs> to this right now and goes, this isn't us. This isn't our- <laughs> Our leaders. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt there. Go ahead. <laughs> One of the things that I practice with CEOs is translation. How do you translate what's coming to you in a way that lands in the listening of your team? And so what I find is, you know, big brain, you know, wildly visionary kind of CEOs get these ideas, these downloads, these transmissions, these, as Elizabeth call, Elizabeth Gilbert calls it, like the muse visits you. And then you're like, hey, right? You get the little light bulb that goes off. In those moments, there's 
a way in which you can translate the vision so that it actually lands for somebody else. And then when they start executing this vision that the visionaries had and it and they're taking it a direction that doesn't fit, there's a way to communicate that you can tell the way they're taking the ship is the wrong way before it goes way off in the wrong direction. So a lot of times with CEOs, I go, okay, so let's talk about your team. Tell me about your team. And they, like, I use my own intuition to kind of feel into the team and I'll go, mm-hmm. So you have a whole bunch of mind intuitives, got it. People who are mentally oriented, they want numbers and sense and they like want to be able to like make it real. And then you have some heart intuitives. And so they're kind of like all in their feels and they're trying to emotionally connect to you. And you're saying as a, as a visionary, sometimes you're saying things like, well, what I see is this and the heart intuitive is like, yeah, but I can't feel it. So you have to translate it across the way. And then you have body intuitives and those are like your IT people who are doing all the backend stuff on your website. And, you know, they're not necessarily tapped into your vision, really. They're tapped into the practical, like getting it on your website, you know, like you have an idea for a program. Exactly. The processing. So the idea is to translate your intuition into language that makes it sound practical so that anybody can approach it. Anybody, anybody, anybody. I taught to a group of DOD guys, Department of Defense guys, and they, I thought for sure they would be like the most reluctant, most skeptical, but actually they just have completely, they had like different language for what I do. So, right. Just tr- they gave me another kind of translation, which has been really helpful. So when I talk to people who are more military oriented, I can say things like, well, think about it. If you have a radar, it's not like your radar only picks up what you're focused on. The radar is, you know, the radar waves are going everywhere, picking all kinds of things up, but it's not humanly possible to see everything at once. You only see what you're focusing on, but it's not like that data is lost. You can go back and recall it. That's what intuition allows you to do. And that little like tiny bit that those awesome dudes from the Department of Defense gave me have helped me communicate this to CEOs in a way that they can then translate it to their teams. So what they say is something like, yeah, go ahead. No, it sounds like though, in, in I'm trying to find a way to describe what I'm wanting to ask you, but it seems like you are focusing at least at this conversation around how do you translate your knowing into a language that somebody else can hear? And I think that's really, yeah. really important. And you sometimes are in front of people who may have many different types of receiving intuitive information. So, yeah, you have a blessing with the Department of Defense, for example, and they may all, if you are correct in assuming the same sort of uh, style, if you will, of receiving information. So you you can approach it that way. But I'm assuming, tell me if I'm wrong, that if you have a group of people where there's a whole cadre, there's a whole variety of different ways in which people receive intuitive information, that you're going to have to change your, your, your language throughout that conversation so that everyone can hear you. Am I on the right page here? Yeah. I mean, I am mad. It's what it makes me think of. Yes. And I don't know if you guys ever read Charles Durig, uh, The Power of Habit. Did you guys ever read that book? Hmm. It's really good. Talks about how to change personal habit, habit in, um, you know, in like an organization habit societally. And so they tell the story. I'm going to say this wrong. Al-Anon? No. Alcon, they're a huge oh, aluminum company in Canada. Oh, it's a company. Oh, okay. Alcon. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. 
Alpam. Yeah, sorry. Alanong is this other thing that popped in my mind. That's not <laughs> the So it's this aluminum company and this new guy came in, right? And he was like the new head of the company. And he decided that the, you know, the nail he was going to hang his hat on was safety. And he had to translate that through every single department of the entire organization and then have everybody change their habits, the entire organization. So in my world, when I read that book, I was like, see, it is actually possible to change the culture and the listening of an entire organization. But what it required was the guy who took this over to translate it in every department. So the guys that were, I mean, aluminum manufacturing is really dangerous work. Just by its nature, it's really dangerous. It's, you know, it's uh, the caustic materials that are produced aside from it, hot temperatures, right? So there's like, by its very nature, there are the guys who are doing the line. There are the people who are the salespeople. There are the, it was a lot of different people to translate to. And he did it effectively. So much so that the overall culture of that company changed and then they became more successful. So to me, rather than relating to intuition as kind of like a soft skill, just like communication, it's a skill that anybody can be taught and that you can actually see the practical outcomes that come when you use it. So yes to what you said, Dean, which is you do have to translate. So the thing I didn't say before is that the two parts of intuition, one part is what people pay attention to. So I like to call that your external orientation, how you're oriented in the world. Some people are mentally oriented, meaning that what they pay attention to or focus on is the thoughts. They want to know what other people think. They want to share how they think. That's the sort of thing. They, they connect the dots mentally. Some people are heart intuitives, which means the way that they're oriented is emotionally. So what they really want to do is they want to connect with someone to experience that like deep emotional connection, even if they're a CEO, right? So even if they're a very practical person, they could still be somebody that when they tap into their intuition, they're emotionally connected. So they want to know how other people feel. So when they ask a room of people, what do you think about this idea? They don't mean think, even though they're using those words, what they mean is how do you feel about my idea? Because that's what they actually want to know because they're heart intuitives. And then you have body intuitives, they're oriented physically. And those, I find that a lot of, you know, body intuitives tend to be people who are like in yogis, they tend to be people who do things like advocate for animals, for the environment. Um, If I find them in a corporate environment, they tend to be the tech guys, because they have a harder time with people. (laughs) So they tend to be like, give me the numbers and the technology and I can sort that out. So Once I know how someone's oriented, that helps in translation. So if I'm working with a team, right, and I know that the CEO is mind intuitive, I know he wants to know what the thoughts are of his team. But if someone on his team is a heart intuitive, they won't communicate in their, they won't communicate their thinking, they'll communicate their feeling about something. So that's a mistranslation. So if you're asking someone, you know, like, what's your, what's your sense of how this rollout will go? And they're a heart intuitive. They're going to say something like, well, something about it doesn't feel right. I just don't know what it is because that's, that's how they're translated. Like they translate different. So you have to find a way that not just one person's translating to another, but the way the team can communicate. And it is possible. I mean, 
we see it all the time in places like Google where everybody talks a different language and they're all on a technical team together or people from different disciplines work together. You know, like the engineers work with the biologists who work with the, the money people who work with the, you know, innovative. Like Elon Musk does that where he pulls together really diverse teams to come up with innovative ideas. So I know it's possible. I've seen lots of examples of it and I've worked with lots of diverse teams, but intuition is just another to me, it's a it's just another way that your body and your mind translates information that is outside of your experience, your education, and even like what's common sense. It's something beyond that. So let me. I'm gonna. I've had this uh, question. I've always been. We've talked about this before. We have. So all right. I am. Let's assume I am a hard intuitive. I like relationships. I want to connect with people. I I sense things through feelings. How do I know the difference between my intuition in that modality and the fact that you just said something that kind of tripped me up, meaning that I've got an emotional issue that I now have an emotional response to? You remind me of somebody, right? You, oh, you, so you, God, you just said something that I don't know what it was, but I'm responding to my history, my unresolved issue. Is that intuition? Or is that my personal junk getting in the way? And how do I know the difference? I am working right now with my editor and we're going over this chapter that is exactly about this. Because <laughs> that's the same calls, question so they, she has. She wanted me to She's ask. like, hey, can you, uh, I'm going to tell you, Dean, <laughs> so that she can articulate this yeah. easily. That would be something Elizabeth would do. I'm not kidding. She's, she, she's sneaky like that. Um, so what I have found is that uh, it, it, if the communication trips and triggers you, it's not the same thing as intuition. Here's why. When, when intuition is communicating and you're a heart intuitive, as an example, let's say you're a heart intuitive and how your body translates is through feeling. If it's all related to the question you asked. So if you're meeting somebody right in a business meeting and you're having a discussion about something and they say something and all of a sudden you notice you're upset. What you have to ask yourself is the upset I'm feeling, does that, is that mine? Mm. Is this feeling I'm having, does it belong to me? Nine times out of 10 for heart intuitives who are feelers, they are literally feeling the feelings of the person across from them because, and they don't know that they're doing that. That is distinct from getting triggered. And the only way to tell the difference between those two things, and I'm sure your listeners are going to be like, what's she going to say about that? <laughs> it's to do your work. It's to do your work. That's no, there is no shortcut. You just got to do your work. So for example, like the noise of the outside world, the things that happen to us as children, our childhood traumas, our actual traumas, our own inner, whatever you want, not even idiosyncrasies, like our own inner dialogue about if we're worthy, our imposter syndrome, all those things. If someone hasn't done their inner work, they can't, it is really almost... I wouldn't say impossible because nothing is impossible, but it is really hard to hear the difference because intuition is not loud like a trigger. Intuition is quiet. So if you're sitting with someone and all of a sudden you're super upset, that's probably not your intuition. That's probably your trigger. Your intuition is much quieter than that. Much quieter. Just, it's just quieter. It's that inner knowing. Um, I just read Untamed by Glennon Doyle. And she talked about going into her quiet space so her knowing could talk to her. And 
not everybody is a knower, right? I'm not a knower. That's not, that's not how my bad, my body translates intuitive information. Uh, my body translates intuitive information is more like I see images in my mind or I see something in front of me and something I can kind of go like, that doesn't really, I can see that it doesn't fit. Or I like hear, I hear something, something in like, there's something more to the question than what someone's actually asking me. Or there's just, I literally can just hear. It's almost like, like someone's pouring information into my ear. That's kind of how my translation is. But for people who get triggered, it's really loud. I know I'm loud. I know that my triggers are loud. If it's loud, probably not your intuition, unless you're sitting in meditation. And then it's really, really clear. That's probably going to be your intuition. If you're sitting across from someone and you get super triggered, like what they're saying is wrong, or I'm really upset at them, or this doesn't like, you have to examine it. That's it. You just have to examine it. There's no easy way. You said something that I wanted to ask you about. You said, is it mine? Right. Is that one way to determine whether or not this is intuitive? And if that's true, then if I'm not say a heart intuitive, I'm a, I'm a body intuitive, I'm a mind intuitive. Would the same question apply? Meaning is intuition, not me. So it's, you're asking a really interesting question. So intuition comes, I think from three potential areas, right? So we are this being with all of this ability in this brain that we don't totally understand yet observing all around us. So intuition can come from this experience of observation of what we're scanning out outside of us. It can also come in relationship to what's happening inside of our body, like without ourselves, like we are tapping into our own body. I had a client recently who told me this crazy story about going to her doctor, telling him that intuitively she's, she's actually an intuitive for a living, that something was going on with her body. And the doctor's like, there's nothing on the scans. And she's like, I understand, but I need you to keep running tests. And he was like, that's not going to happen. And she was like, fine. So she went to somebody else, paid a thousand dollars and had them do the scan that this other doctor wasn't willing to do. And they found cervical cancer. Oh my gosh. And they wouldn't have found it had she not pushed for that. So her intuition was coming from inside of her about her, right? The same as my client who decided to do the launch on Facebook Live, even though everybody told her that was going to ruin the whole thing, that came from outside of her. Like that information came from conversation she had with someone who said, you should do the thing where you get most excited and lit up. And she was like, got it, Facebook Live. So that came from outside of her, right? And then the third place is, I don't know where it comes from. It just comes in. Some people call it the muse. Some people say it's the aliens. I don't know. It's that third <laughs> undefinable it's the mothership. place. mothership. <laughs> it's the mothership. I like that. That's good. Yeah. So I mostly have people focus on what's happening here in the body and asking the right questions. Because people ask, they're not the wrong questions, but people ask the questions that are not the real thing they want to know. So if you if you can get guidance about your business, you wouldn't ask, should I hire this marketing firm? Should, what do you mean should? Should based on what? What you actually want to know is, is hiring this marketing firm going to produce the revenue in my business that I want? That's what you actually want to know. And your intuition responds to the questions you ask. So when you ask, 
the right questions, that's when intuition starts to respond. So to the question you asked me earlier, which is how do you get people to, you know, make that habit switch where they start using their intuition in business? Part of it is teaching them practices for doing it because it's like any habit. So we all have ways that we make decisions now. We make a pro-con list or we dial a friend or we dial an expert or we use talk to our coaches. But you can do that and also check in with your intuition. But that requires building the habit. So I want to ask uh, Joanne here the same question. I'm going to put you on the hot seat. So where does intuition come from, from your perspective? And the one reason why I, I wanted to her to be on this podcast is that I've learned so much from her over the years. She's really my coach when it comes to finding what intuition is and, and to be able to trust it. So I think that you've got uh, a, a very uh, well-oiled machine when it comes to this topic. So I know I'm putting you on the spot, but is there any, any answer little. to the question <laughs> around where do you think intuition comes from um, in addition to what we just heard? Okay. So so here's the thing about that. I think intuition, you, you've you already said this, it, it's multi-leveled. And I heard something once that really hit me regarding intuition. And that is that if you can get past the processing part of your brain, which is the data piece, and actually move beyond that into that 98% of your brain in, in a, a quiet space, and I mean in your mind, a quiet space, it, intuition allows you to access those billions of bits of information rapidly based on what you were saying, the question. So that's why the question is so important. If you want so good important. intuition, you need to ask the right questions. Huh. And then you get the opportunity to, to use this part that, that brain scientists tell us is untapped. And we, we know to a great degree it is, Right. But but there's yeah. also another piece to it that goes beyond, I think, into that larger part of who we are. I mean, there's so much research now in in that in science is starting to quantify some of these things about what we're capable of. That like um, that what you focus on, you can actually uh, cause quantum matter to behave differently by by human focus. What? That's what they've been able to actually prove that in science. So there's something beyond us. And beyond our brain and beyond our physicalness that we don't understand, but it does exist. And more and more, we're starting to understand to be able to quantify it. So I include that part in it. But in our practice, in our, our coaching practice, unless someone brings us up something like that, I don't necessarily go to that place. But when you were talking about your woo-woo bosses, I kind of wanted to do the happy dance there because I, I think in terms of um, some of the tech giants that in the last 20 years have given us permission to have those intuitive ideas and do something, you know, that would have been 30 years ago, crazy, absolutely insane. And yet they've built billion dollar businesses on it. So where do those thoughts come from? You know, it's a good conversation because I guess we all have opinions. Great conversation. So anyway, that's that's my opinion. And it's one of the things that I love about you because you make intuition something that people can get their hands on to around, their thoughts around. They can do something to exercise that muscle. Okay, so I have a question for both of you then. <laughs> this is <laughs> okay, here we okay, go. Okay, <laughs> round round robin on this one. All right, These so I get all it. The questions you two are great. I love you. You're fantastic. You're you've got this great muscle called intuition. I'm soul, right? What if I'm wrong? I'm scared. 
I'm going in front of my CEO and I've got intuition just spewing out all over me. What if I'm wrong? I'm, I'm afraid to use it. So I'll stick with what I know. Thank you very much. What do you say to that? Do you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was good. I like the way you passed it back to her. <laughs> I was going to pass it on. No, I, was, I wasn't okay, sure. Right. I was like, did you have a... <laughs> Rock, paper, scissors. Who wants to take that one? As you think I was of trying answer. to be courteous. No, but I, but I do think no, it's something that I seriously... No, immediately. Don't. So I, yeah. People no, are afraid I, I would to say, tap into this. This is... This is always my question. I always go, oh, okay. Well, using your old methods, have you made mistakes or been wrong before? I just always ask that question. And I have never heard someone go, well, never. And I'd be like, great, you should keep doing what you're doing then. Mm. Like like adopting innovation and adopting new practices sometimes looks like pioneering something that other, like going into a space of no agreement. Like, that's just what it looks like. That's sometimes what it is to say, oh, like, you know, we don't even know that we need a computer we can hold in our hand. However, I'm going to invent one and then market it. And now the whole world needs it. People thought he was crazy. Mm -hmm. Like, no, people don't want anything more than a phone. And he was like, no, no, no. I have seen the future, right? I mean, he also obviously watched Star Trek, but that's a whole other thing. But (laughs) like, like, you know, but like, that's, but the whole world of of that is I just always ask people like the other way you've done things, you know, and then I also, that's always the first question I ask. And people always say, yeah, I've made mistakes the other way. And then I just ask, is that process that you use to make decisions right now? It, does it feel streamlined? Does it feel efficient? And do you find yourself making decisions that do not feel like they're in alignment with your values? Because intuition will always be in alignment with your values. It it will, whatever your values are, good, bad, indifferent, your intuition will direct you based on the question you asked and be aligned in your, in your values. If you're basing your decision on outside expertise, it will be based on their connection to their values. And if you ask an expert for their advice and their values are different than yours, dramatically different, even beyond what you knew that they're different, that means you could be taking action. And that's when those mistakes, I think that's when those costly mistakes happen. And even sometimes things that, you know, just turn the ship in a direction that was not the way you wanted to go. So that's my answer. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, so to add to that, all of which it was brilliant, people have to give themselves permission to have another level of conversation. When you bring it into the boardroom, when you bring it into the C-suite, even to your teams, if you're leading a team, you have to give yourself permission to have another level of conversation that doesn't start with facts and data. It's about, this is what the, um, the problem is, as I see it, uh, we've, done, we've tried all of these things. They haven't worked. We need something that's creative. We need something that's bigger, that's different. And then you, then you start talking about your thoughts, your intuitions. And I think people can hear it better that way. If you preface it in a different conversation, if you jam it into a facts and figures conversation, it's going to be a little awkward. So I think the first piece is giving yourself permission to have a different level of conversation and recognize that you can get to the same point, but you just launch a little differently. So, and what you're doing is giving people um, tools to be able to understand that process, the intuitive process. And so, Within what you're doing, what I see 
um, one of the many values that you provide people is that you give them the understanding of how to have those differing conversations, how to make it okay to do that, and that there's value in it. So I'll, I'll throw my two cents into this little uh, three-way conversation around um, intuition. <laughs> my my other take on this, and I agree with both of you uh, a lot on what you just said, is that there's a, you may not necessarily call it out intuition because it might create a reaction in somebody else that says, well, here comes the woo-woo. You might actually have it under this perspective that we are now asking people to be more strategic thinkers. We need bolder vision. We want more innovation. And you might be able to slip your comments under that canopy and also give yourself a huge out by saying, I may be barking up the wrong tree here. Or this could be just, you know, fanciful ideas that I'm coming up with. But what do you think about? And then whatever it might be. Or brainstorming is something that nobody has a problem talking about brainstorming. It's an easy word. People don't, you know, flinch on it. So why not bring up brainstorming as your entryway into a conversation that is fueled by your intuition? And then it, all of a sudden you get to participate because that's what I've noticed is people have great ideas, but they don't say anything because they don't think that they're the subject matter experts. And so they just clam up. And that's why I think that intuition is actually an engagement tool, not just a decision-making tool. Oh, I love that. An engagement tool. That's great. Totally. So I know we could could chat with you for like hours on end. I know this. And, and, you know, next time you're in town, we have to have you over. So (laughs) that being said, and um, I wanted to ask you if you could just simply tell people how to connect with you. You mentioned your tool. Would you bring that up again? And I think you told us that you've got a book in the works. I do. I do have a book in the works. So the, the easiest way to engage with the technology that I created, it's called the intuitive blueprint. It's about the practical application of intuition for decision-making is that tool on my website. It's a five-minute test. At the end, you're going to get results that explain how your unique intuition works. Super easy, easy engagement. You'll learn a lot from doing it. And then there's a little video that comes with me talking about what the results mean. Um, People have told me that's super helpful. So that's the easiest way to engage with intuition first is to go there. If people want to work with me, um, I take on clients depending on what they need. I take on conscious leader and leadership, and I also work with entrepreneurs. I love teaching intuitive entrepreneurship. Um, and I work with people one-on-one, but I also work in groups, like in, in teams, which is super fun. Um, and I do all of it virtually, or I come to you pre-COVID. I was doing way more traveling, not so much right now. Um, but I love I love engaging with teams, especially Um, because I like what you said, Dean, which is when everyone is communicating in the same language, intuition becomes an engagement tool as well. And I have lots of clients who, you know, they're what they would have called maybe their admin, you know, their admin assistant said to them, like they caught mistakes that they shouldn't have caught, but that they've trained their, everyone on their staff to trust when something doesn't feel, look, sound or they just know something isn't right. They have permission to communicate that. And I've watched people save $40,000 mistakes, a $60,000 mistake last week where the admin goes, okay, I don't know what to say, but this looks wrong to me. Can I just have you look at this before I send it out? And the person's like, oh my God, you just caught the hugest mistake on the contract. I cannot believe no one saw that. So it when you're in a culture where everybody is allowed to engage with this tool they have and everyone's practicing, then everybody's translating it, it 
creates a team of high engagement. I love how you said that. It's 100% accurate. Great. It's just been a delight to meet you and talk with you. Thank you so much for being on the Business of Intuition. Oh, thank you so much. And uh, keep your eyes and ears open. Book is coming soon. <laughs> well, we'll be pre-ordering that one. <laughs> thank right. you so much, you guys. You bet. It's great to be with you. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Business of Intuition. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about Dean or Mission Facilitators Leadership, go to mfileadership.com. That's mfileadership.com.